Inside the recording studio, I am Jody Whitesides, and with me is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you, Chris? I'm doing great, Jody. How about yourself? I'm doing like, I feel like I'm going to go out and like box like Roxy. Ro- Roxy? Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to box like Rocky in a minute. That's how I'm feeling at the, at the, as yeah, this point Yeah, you ready? Time. Well, you know. I have something new coming via UPS today. Oh. Yes, but it is not something musical. It's something food-related for the kitchen called a vacuum sealer. And uh, I'm replacing oh. an old one that fell apart. So, yeah, I tend to use those because they do a really cool job at uh, nice. sealing food, keeping it fresh. And also if you sous vide, which is something I do, then, yay, uh, you, you cook it uh, – Cook things in a condom, as they say in the movie Burnt. But it makes ah. food taste really awesome. So I have something new coming. It's it's not quite the subject of what we're talking today, but it's very close. It is very close because you're acquiring gear, aren't yes, you? I am acquiring yeah. kitchen gear, uh, replacing yeah. a piece of kitchen gear. And today's subject for our podca- podcast, man, my mouth isn't working properly, Um <laughs> I mean, You're too excited. I need, I need a new one of those. I need a new mouth. Come on. Uh, yeah. We're talking about gear acquisition syndrome uh, as musicians, as studio owners, as mixing engineers, as mastering dudes, as what have you. So, yeah, we're talking about gear acquisition syndrome today. Yeah. I, I can't relate to it. Never had it. Uh, never felt it. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's a lie. That's the, that's the lying bullshit alarm. <laughs> yeah. No, indeed. Indeed. Uh, no, I, just like everybody else, I have it. And I'm sure you do too. So we figured this is something that I think happens to just about everybody. Uh, wants something new, especially in the industry that we're at. We're doing these things. New gear comes out all the time. So we all lust for that new piece of gear. So, um <sighs> Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. New gear. So uh, if we're just diving in right away, I think. Yeah. The, um, when you're faced with this temptation (laughs) and uh, you feel like, oh, I got to have this new thing that does everything that I wanted to do. um, Is first question is, do you really know the gear that you already own? Sometimes you do. I have a really good example of that. Uh, I was recently doing a mix on a song Mm -hmm. in another DAW than my normal DAW. Uh, Well, I'm starting to straddle between two DAWs at this point, like on a very regular basis, Logic being the primary, Luna being the secondary, and of course, anything else like Pro Tools, Cubase, or Digital Performer, all those are like tertiary to me. But I was doing a mix in Luna, and needed to have a tremolo plug-in. Ah, yes. Logic mm-hmm. has a fantastic one built in, so I've never thought about acquiring a third-party tremolo. And <laughs> I had to go yeah. digging into, like, not only asking you, but a couple of other people, hey, <laughs> who makes a what tremolo plug-in? Good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, I found one. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And it... If I'm not mistaken, you might mention that later, later. Hint, I, I, I might, hint, but, hint. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. So, but that was a, that was a position of knowing a piece of gear very well inside the uh, environment of Logic, and yeah. not knowing something outside of Logic and needing to have one. And I have found one. So, yeah. Do you really yeah. know the gear that you have? And that's the first big hurdle that you have to overcome when it comes to acquiring gear. Yeah, and I think we have waxed prophetically about this since uh, episode, episode one, one? Here, about, <laughs> yeah, about knowing our gear. Knowing the gear, and, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it's, I think it's tempting to when you, even if you don't know your piece of gear, you just feel like, oh, well, here's something new and shiny and it will probably solve this problem for me straight away. Yes. You know, yes. so th there's a seduction factor of, of, I suppose, not really having to put in the work uh, to actually learn a piece of gear. Um, the inspiration for that creative stunt? Yes. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and the other thing would be, of course, are you using your current piece of gear correctly? You know, is it, you know, why is it not doing what you want it to do? Maybe it's you know? not so designed we, to do that. I've had that problem multiple times in my past. Yeah. Multiple times. So, yeah. Yeah, so th that could be, you know, um, you often mention about doing your homework or your due diligence before you upgrade a piece of gear. Research, research. So yeah, yes. Yeah, so you actually know what it is that you're getting. And, uh, you know, today there's so much information available that, you know, th there's really no excuse for not at least looking into something unless you just have – too much money in your wallet and you want to go like, oh, I got to have something new. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and well, uh, I suppose that's a whole that, different then problem by all right means, there. Yeah, that, yeah that's, a, that's what we call a first world problem right there. Right. Um, but if we go to the concept of limitations and are you sure you're using it correctly and, and whatnot yeah. before we jump into our next like little section of things. Uh, as an example, yeah. uh, I purchased a rack mount amplifier at one point mm -hmm. from a very reputable company that a lot of people go, dude, yeah, they make some great shit known as Mesa Boogie. Mm -hmm. And I bought and it. And they do. And they do make some great stuff. They make great amps. They make great gear. I still have this rack mount amp. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't used it in quite some time. It is sitting in storage at the moment, but uh, it is called the Triaxis. Yeah. And it is a very, very awesome piece of kit in that it has three separate channels, clean, uh, a distortion, and a second distortion, and then you can kind of combine things in various ways. But when I was like being ridiculously creative in this progressive rock thing that I was doing, I was looking like for something to do where I could do a MIDI control of shifting from clean to distortion from one channel to the other. And I contacted Mesa Boogie about it and said, hey, um, can I do this? And the engineer is like talking to me on the phone. And he's like, well, we never actually thought of that. That's actually a really cool idea. <laughs> and yeah. of course they never implemented it. And it, you know, my unit still doesn't do it, but it was something that they hadn't thought of. So I had found a limitation in a piece of gear that I bought that still was a great piece of gear. It was just something I had to work around it in very weird ways in order to make it do what I wanted to do. So yeah. uh, in that regard, I was using it in a sense correctly, but I had found a limitation that it couldn't do something that I had wanted it to do. So uh, in that regard, it was no longer fitting my workflow. And I've just nailed one, yeah. two, three, the first three things we were talking about. 
he sticks the landing. Yeah, no, th- th- but that's true. But but those are those are important points. I would say that when you're questioning about upgrading anything or, or acquiring something new, um, are you using said piece of gear to its fullest extent? Uh, yes. And if you are, then you have a, a valid reason to upgrade. If you feel like you need to have this additional functionality or whatever happens to be. Or like you said, if your workflow now has changed, I have a beautiful rack sitting down to my right here that houses my beautiful purple Soldano preamp. What a lovely has, color purple it is too. I've seen it. <laughs> oh, it is. It's the Soldano purple. Yeah. But but like you, um, I, I don't play live that much anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it's sitting there. I can't bear to part with it but um but my workflow has changed so i don't necessarily mic up an amp as often as i used to sure Uh, it's so so workflow changes and thus your gear changes well and and Um, to kind of go with that when your workflow changes and your piece of gear no longer actually works unless you have some serious sentimental value to it like you have with your soldano um i do yes it's it's not necessarily a bad thing to let go of it I kind of remember the very first instrument that I had let go. Uh, It was an acoustic guitar, but it had outgrown its usefulness for me. Yeah. And I was a little bit distraught in getting rid of it, but in getting rid of it, I actually got something much better. And I still... There you go. Well, and actually, I don't still have that same much better because it's since been replaced too, but for different reasons. (laughs) Right. Yeah, no, I mean, you if you're, you know... Uh, of that inclination, you can look at it. It's like, well, it's time for somebody else to enjoy this piece of gear right now. Right? Sure, so sure. It, it's it's no good for me. So yeah. Um, another thing that we come across, I think, and, and this can be an an issue um, when it comes is like a byproduct of, of gear acquisition syndrome of always Uh-oh. having more, 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 more plugins, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, I, I've bumped up against this personally, but. Sometimes can we have too much gear to actually be creative? Yep, I think so. Yeah, I, I think so too. It's it almost becomes option paralysis, where it's like, <laughs> okay, well, which synth should I use? Should I have this or should I have that? And um, in the case of a keyboard, perhaps or a synth, instead of picking a piece of gear, knowing that inside out, dialing up the the sound that you're going for. And moving on, you're you're preset surfing for an hour and a half, you know, and then you 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 don't uh, what's just stifling. So yeah, I've been guilty of that myself. When you're trying to get your head around a new synthesizer uh, plug-in, yeah, you, you can spend an awful lot of time just going right through preset after preset after preset, and at some point, it all starts to blur together, and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> Yeah, and th- and that's yeah. that's kind of a problem when it comes to getting a lot of different software pieces, unless uh, unless you really know the software or it has a very specific functionality to it. Um, there's yeah. I, I, right off the top of my head, I can think of a particular EQ that most people buy for one particular band of that EQ. You know, and, <laughs> is it blue and has a yellow knob? It, on yes, it? it is blue and it does have <laughs> yeah. a yellow knob on it, and it's called the Mog EQ, and it's the Air Band is considered like the penultimate. We've mentioned that before on this podcast. Yeah. Um, 
But that's not necessarily a bad thing because it's still a great EQ no matter what band you use on it. But most people tend to purchase it strictly for that air band. Um, yeah, that's the selling point type of thing. Yeah. And there's probably the same thing when it comes to synthesizers. People might actually buy a particular synth for a very specific like, oh, this guy uses it, so I've got to have it. Well, maybe that guy yeah. really knows how to fucking use it and you don't. So yeah. <laughs> uh, it might be a good idea to learn the synths that you already have, or at least the, the basis of how they work, or if there's a channel strip plug-in or uh, a mastering compressor, it really like mess around with that to know it before you decide, do I need to have this or is it more of a want just because I have this desire to acquire more stuff? Um, yeah. Yeah. So. No, I think that's true. And that that's obviously the same for, uh, you said a few things that we, we mentioned since, but it's the same for uh, guitar amp emulation or it's guilty you know, <laughs> drum samples or Castro libraries, all that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, it happened to me, I uh, when we were talking about the episode of recording guitar, um, I mentioned that I'm a big fan of the Brainworks plug-in alliance stuff yes. of their and a couple of those out of there but I've tried other like another one that I really really enjoyed was the uh, STL tones the Howard Benson pack mm -hmm. first that I tried and it was like this is awesome and it was really really difficult for me to not just buy it <laughs> but I I used restraint and I'm like you know what it's not different enough from what I have, and I can dial in just about anything that I need there with, with what I have. So it's those cases, and that's not a slight again on like STL tones, fantastic stuff. Had I not had the, the brainwork stuff, I would have bought it in a second. Mm. But uh, it's easy to get, you know, I've done stuff, well, I bought plugins, um, let's say without mentioning any names, but we all know what I'm talking about, but there's, a company that seemingly does like weekly sales for 30 bucks all the time. Um, and um, I know they you're had talking a about. certain, yeah, they had a certain channel strip uh -huh. and uh, I didn't need it, but I bought it because it was 29 bucks. And I think I've used it twice since then. That was probably like oh, three years ago. <laughs> so, that's a bummer. But it, yeah, but, but it's one of those things where it's like you, you live and you learn. It's like, wow, yeah, I really wanted it. Yeah, not but using it. Oh, that's was it the right. one item that you needed when that like two times that you used it, like would anything else have done it right? Or was that like the thing that like, it just dialed in? <laughs> not not no, even close. Ah, bummer. That's too <laughs> no, bad. No, I had. Yeah, it's, I mean, but at that point, at that point, I could afford not to like it, you know? <laughs> and it wasn't anything that it was anything bad in it. It was just like, it was a want and it looks exactly like the real thing. And uh, yeah, I, I fell victim to that and as I've done several times. But um, no, I did have other, you know, other gear that, that certainly did the job. It was just one of those like, oh, I want to try something new with this mix. And, <laughs> and you know, it worked, yeah. but it wasn't, you know, it just... Didn't put me over the cliff, you know. <laughs> it wasn't um, dialing up to 13 or 21 or whatever. No, I wasn't doing Didn't, any of went that. Went past 11. Damn it. That's yeah, it, it. Yeah. Well, you know, it happens to all of us and we, we live and learn and move on. Sure. Um, so, yeah. Um, do you want to take us to the next part of that list? Uh, well, do we have you know, too much? Maybe yeah. we should explore that a little bit more. What do you think? Which not, part? 
the too much gear to be creative. Too much gear to be creative. Uh, have uh, you ever come across that besides the preset surfing type of thing? Yes, I actually have been downsizing my sample library, mainly because yeah. I, for a while, was acquiring a ridiculous amount of samples. And and I yeah. wouldn't even say that I've got a ridiculous amount. I, I've reduced it, but it still all fits on a one terabyte drive with maybe a hundred megabytes to go. But um, there was a point where it took a couple of drives to get everything together. And it's just like, okay, I'm not yeah. using a vast majority of these things. And some of them are now so old that it might actually come back in style at some point. And if I come back and pull it off of a archive drive, maybe I can use it at some point in the future. But it, there, there is a point where you're spending maybe way too much time just going through sound after sound after sound or playing an instrument or trying too many variations of the same plugin uh, family or something. Yeah. It, it just gets kind of nutty. So <clears throat> it kind of harkens back to, do you really know your gear? Because if you really know your gear and you know how to coax the stuff that you need out of it, there's maybe not a reason to have a second version of the same thing uh, unless you're yeah. starting to get into the hair splitting of like, well, I need this for this particular item and I need that for this particular item. Um, but that, that becomes yeah. more of a rarity. Um, so yeah. no yeah. sample libraries can be, can be killer in that regard because, um, again, when we started out, it, it was, or when I started out, at least I was, I was constantly like, collecting samples from this and that. Not that I was making samples myself, but from sample libraries. And even if they were just like, oh, we're giving away a free pack of XYZ samples and it could have been loops and all this kind of stuff. So you end up collecting all these things. And like you mentioned, like you get gigs and gigs and gigs and gigs of this stuff and you lose track of what you have. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, yeah, it's just eating up space now. So I've done the same thing where I try to, on basically an annual basis, I go through my libraries and say, well, is this something that I actually use anymore? <laughs> Start calling. And get you out the that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, though, yes. I think is, do we not have enough gear? Well, before we, we get into we, that, we should just say, here is a little moment from a word from our sponsor. And now, noting that there is too much gear, is that what you're trying to say? I'm saying that's a distinct possibility, and but maybe, just maybe, there we actually is enough. a need for this new gear. Yes. Maybe there's just something new. So, because, you know, gear acquisition syndrome is not always a disease. It's something that we actually need sometimes, right? <laughs> so, I, I think... Um, <coughs> We've already touched on, on a few of these things, but it could be something that you, it's filling a need. Filling um, a need, filling where, a need. Yeah, filling a need in your arsenal. Yes. Um, to backtrack to guitar amp emulations mm -hmm. and my uh, Plugin Alliance Brain Works addiction, um, they came out may, well, less than a year ago now with a, an amp called the Fuchs, Fuchs 2. Yes. And that was one that I, I bought and I really liked because I felt that that filled a certain function. It filled a hole in my arsenal that I felt that that, that slotted in very nicely there. Did I have to have it? No, I didn't have yeah. to have it, but, but it, it filled a need. It could be the same thing where 
you know, uh, a while back, again, on a personal note here, I started doing um, a lot more like library trailer kind of music, that kind of thing. And I really needed to up my orchestral libraries. Yep. So I made a couple of purchases that way. Uh, but they were there was a definite need that because what I had wasn't cutting it. Sure. You know, it, it was just wasn't good enough. So that does happen. Um, well, now, of course it happens. It happens for all of yeah. us. <laughs> right. But, but what was the, what was the last thing uh, of gear that you updated? That was just like, I have to update this now. Software wise or hardware wise? Either. Uh, it was kind of a, a hand in hand thing for me. Yeah. It was a software and hardware thing, and it was about a year ago. It was, I had this keyboard that I had had, a MIDI keyboard, that essentially acted as my controller for forever. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> Pretty much forever, and since, since music came back in on stone tablets. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I had a project that was supposed to happen last year that I was going to get geared up for and make sure that I knew the gear before the project happened. And so I opted to sell this old piece of kit and get a new piece of kit. And that new piece of kit was a Native Instruments S, uh, S88 Mark II. And mm -hmm. it is sitting here in front of me, actually. And it is a lovely keyboard. 88 key weighted keyboard with all kinds of bells and whistles on it that I still don't know everything about it. And unfortunately, the deadline that I had for the project that was coming up has been pushed extensively. In fact, I just got an email about said project today, which is like a little over a year past when it was previously going to be done. <laughs> Yeah, so well, it's been a crazy year. It's been a, yeah, it's gonna it's been a, been a while. But at the same time, I also upgraded my uh, ultimate Native Instruments ultimate. Uh, setup. Oh yeah. So mm -hmm. I had the previous like I don't know ultimate nine or something like that, and I've upgraded now to ultimate twelve. I think it is, and I think they just recently did thirteen, which I have not picked up. But with the ultimate collectors, whatever, like I've got their very top, top, tippity top, everything possible thing that they could make at this point, <laughs> yeah. which is well beyond anything I ever need. In fact, I've downloaded probably less than a quarter of everything, but it had a much yeah. better sample library than I previously had for orchestral stuff. And I'm now like contemplating pulling out older uh, projects that I've done and re-outputting them with the better string samples. Because I know that with sure. how I know yeah. how to work with the string samples now, uh, they would sound better and it would make the quality of the piece that I had written better. So that yeah. was a case of like, I had a, a gear, but was it good enough gear? No, it needed, it, it still fit the workflow, but it didn't fit it to where I needed to be now. So even that, even that being said, I know that when that project finally gets the green light, I need to spend probably a good week with the yeah. S88 and going through multiple things about it so that I know it hands down inside and out by the time this project gets going. But I won't start that, unfortunately, until the project gets the green light. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is yeah. being lazy on my part, but also like in needing well, of getting other things done until that project actually becomes the priority. So that's that's just one of those points that that was the last big thing. And it was not only just a, a hardware thing, it was a software thing to coincide with it. So, yeah. Uh, and like I said, even though I have access to all of that sample library and sounds and everything else that Native Instruments makes, I have not pulled the trigger to actually download every last ounce of it because it would take me forever <laughs> to go through yeah. it all and like figure out what may or may not work for me. Right. So it, that's, that's one of those things where is it filling a need. Now, on the flip side of that, earlier this year, uh, I picked up the Roland Cloud. And yeah. the reason I picked that up is because I was pulling out really old projects that involved the old MIDI keyboard that I had just gotten rid of to get this new S88. I didn't have any of the internal sounds that that thing, the, the old MIDI controller that I had, had. But yeah. Roland Cloud has them. So I was able to actually like recreate, like pull out these projects and put in Roland Cloud equivalents of the exact same sounds into those projects. So that was one of those things where I still needed it once in a while for something I'd already done, but I yeah. didn't need it in the big hardware form that it was anymore. Now I've got it in software, which is nice. So yeah. that, that, print your tracks, I don't know if man. I would call print that quite the same. Yeah. Print your tracks. It's a, always a thing, yeah. but didn't do that because yeah. I didn't learn that at that point. Um, right. gear acquisition syndrome. I don't know if I'd count this Roland thing quite as much as the gear acquisition as I would the, the S88 with the ultimate upgrade that I did. So that, that's well, the I last think... big thing that I did. Although um, the second to last big thing was upgrading my audio interfaces. Yeah. Getting all new units there. So new policy. Yeah. And I could see myself actually uh, doing that again <laughs> before too long. <laughs> yeah. Just because th that's more of a want than a need, but I can see myself doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but, but sometimes, you know, there are obviously legitimate reasons why we need to upgrade and we always do we grow and there's a, a yes. new need arises and and it could be just you know like we mentioned before it could be that we're doing a new style of music and we need more stuff to, to sort of accommodate that right sure um so do you have is there any spots like any particular kind of companies that you're weak for? I know I could probably name one that you are, but <laughs> Go let's ahead and say name that it, it doesn't. Uh, Universal Audio. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I got a soft spot for that. Not even a soft spot. I call it a hard on. But yeah, yeah. I dig yeah. Universal Audio stuff. <laughs> they make yeah. great stuff. I mean, they've, they've always been known for making great stuff. And, yeah. you know, early on when I was lusting after it before I actually acquired any of it, it was having that champagne appetite on a beer budget kind of thing. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I lusted after it for a long period of time until it was like, okay, I can now appropriately afford this. I'm going yeah. to get it. And that's what I did. Right. So are there yeah. other companies that I do that for? Yeah. Uh, the S88 by Native Instruments. I did a lot of yeah. research on a lot of MIDI controllers and I came down to knowing that I had a lot of the, uh, like the ultimate uh, I don't, do, do they just call it uh, complete? Oh, complete ultimate. So complete, uh, yeah. Rather than mm -hmm. just ultimate, is they complete and complete ultimate and complete ultimate uh, 
collector's edition, which is what I have. I have version 12 of the collector's edition of Complete Ultimate. And knowing that I had that with all of those samples and the and the access to all of that, the S88 made more sense to me than just buying a third-party keyboard that wasn't designed around that. Uh, the fortunate sure. thing is, is that a lot of my research for the S88 came out to be like all signs pointed right at it. It was like, you're going to get this, not just because you have native instrument stuff, but also because it is a very well-made keyboard and it is designed very well. And it has a lot of like really good stuff to it. So yeah, that was, that was one of the bigger things for me. It was, yeah, it's a full size keyboard. It's weighted. So it feels like a piano, which is what I wanted in addition to that. And it has all the other bells and whistles that go along very well with the NKS or NSK or N NK NKS NKS setups for yeah. that if you get third party plugins that use that uh, it dials right into that um, which is great and that's yeah. that's kind of where I sit now with a lot of the stuff that I acquire at this point is a lot of research to figure out exactly what it is that I may have as a problem that I have to fill and then I research to see who fills that item and if they don't then I have to go make it myself in some way shape or form. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. And I, I, and you. I'm, I'm I know that you have a soft spot, and I'm sure every all our regular yeah. listeners know that you have a very soft spot or a hard on as it might be for Slate audio. <laughs> yeah, but but there there's a cool thing that um, that since I'm a subscriber, yes, I get all the new stuff, uh, you know, automatically. Sure. So that that that's good, but. Um, I, yeah, everyone's. I'm kind of like eyeing a couple of ML2s. I'm like, ooh, that would be really nice with just the, the smaller uh, mics. And uh, as a matter of fact, I just read this week. Didn't they just that, come out with uh, a sale? They just came yes. out with a sale. <laughs> yeah, with a microphone, the yeah. add-ons. Like, but I think ah! it's for the ML1, right? I think it's the ML1. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I have the ML one, so I'm I, so so that's one. But but the one that I have the the biggest one that I, every time that they come out with a new product, I'm like, ah, oh, you goddamn motherfuckers, you know, <laughs> <laughs> is um, uh -oh. heaviosity. Oh yes, yes, uh, I yeah, yeah I can I, I can attest love... to this, people. I have yeah. heard Chris talk about this, and when Damage Two came out, oh yeah. boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was one I, I just had to, I just had to upgrade because I know I wanted it. I knew I needed it. I was going to kick myself if I didn't jump on it right away, sure. which I did. Um, but yeah, I, I just love all their stuff. And I think that just for, again, for my, my taste and the kind of music that I tend to write and that I do, it's just like, oh, uh, you know, here, just take my credit card and just, <laughs> just you know, take send my wallet. me stuff. Yeah. <laughs> take my wallet and bend me yes. over now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I don't have all their stuff. I, I'm not even close, but every time they release something, I have to like, oh, I don't need it. I don't need Major it. Major restraint. But, uh, Major yeah, restraint. absolutely. No, and I actually just did that recently with the uh, Luna DAW. Even though yeah. Luna is free for universal audio people, so to speak, as mm -hmm. long as you have an Apollo interface or more. And I have a few, so I'm okay with that. And I have actually a good plethora of their plugins that I have taken in over the years. So, but they had an extension for the DAW that was like, oh, I know it actually sounds really damn good, but I didn't yeah, want to buy it knowing us, that yeah. at some point it was going to go on sale. Mm -hmm. Just last month, 
yeah, it went on sale. So I got it. <laughs> yeah. I finally pulled the trigger and I did it. So, yeah. Uh, and that's just one of those things where it's like, if you know what you're going to get and you don't need it right away, wait for the sale. Damn it. Yeah. You know, otherwise. Sorry all the companies like, out there trying yeah. to stay in business. But yeah. No. Um, but, and, and I'm not trying to down talk it because I actually talked a few other people into buying it before there was a sale. So I'm sure yeah. they made some money. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm not a universal audio user, but I can attest to it that it it, it does make a difference. As you know, you've sent me yes. and several others, like blind tests and like, okay, which one do you like? And I, it's way more than 50%. It's not like a guessing thing. It's like, well, <laughs> no. I hear this, I hear this. And, <laughs> right. and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a valid piece of kit. So, so yeah, and, no, and that's the funny thing about it is like sometimes that, that kit is that 1% as, as we have maybe mentioned before is like the reason why you pick up certain pieces of gear is because mm-hmm. they create all these little pieces of the interlocking puzzle to make your recordings, your, uh, well, yeah, just your recordings and, and whatever you're doing in the studio that much better. And it isn't any yeah. one magical piece of thing. It's multiple magical things, so to speak in the combination that you decide to put them together in that makes it the, the, the penultimate, uh, yay, come down from the heavens. The yeah. music is the greatest thing ever that you've done kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in terms of, of that, and, and I know that there are other companies whose stuff that I would love to have, but sure. at the moment of where I'm at, I, it either doesn't make sense spatially or financially because some things can cost as much as a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's that, but it, but it's weighing that, and it, but it's it can be hard. It, it's it's seductive to kind of get that, you know, whatever that new piece of gear is. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't want to mention any names here, but there was um, this person I know, a former student of mine, who wanted to get into recording, mm-hmm. and. Um, I don't even know if I should say this, but but I will. I don't think I don't think uh, you're not going to give him like a full on shout out, or is he going to get like like embarrassed? No, no, he's not going to get any of that. But but he, he was starting with this point, but um, he was seemingly starting in the wrong end of the spectrum mm. uh, of wanting to get gear. Right, so let's you say to buy it all and the best right now. Well, buy the best or. or Choose the investment in the wrong things first, hmm. right? Uh, so it's like, yeah, I was thinking about these and these monitors. Okay, well, what 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 are you looking at oh, doing? What's your I budget? He, he's What's going your, backwards through the chain yeah. instead of forward through the chain? Yeah, right. Yeah. So like, well, what system do you have? What DAW do you see yourself running? What what do you do? This don't worry about monitors first. You know, what's your room sound like? What's your room like? All that kind of stuff. And but but that's. You know, it, it's it's the seductiveness of, of thinking that that piece of gear is the be all end all. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know. It, it's taken me, I don't know, two decades to <laughs> get, get to where I'm at when it comes to like, okay, pump the brakes of throwing out the credit card. You know, so. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think we, over we the course of history, it, you start out with this strong desire of getting as many things as you can. And obviously, if mm-hmm. you're trying to do it within a budget, you start buying the cheaper things, which is not always the best way to go about it. And then you get to a point like, okay, I've acquired enough of this stuff. You start selling off some of it you don't use or it's not good enough. And then you start yeah. 
trying to go after the better things. So it, it kind of goes in a cycle, I think, for most people in, yeah. in how it works with what you're acquiring and what you're getting rid of depending on various items as we've discussed. So Sure. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes, you know, to be fair, it's getting a new piece of gear can spark some new inspiration where it comes to, you know, just be the creative aspect of it. Let's say that we mentioned soft synth a while ago and, and you know, go, okay, well, I, I, I just need something. And you, you start with maybe a piece of gear that you don't know and it's making some crazy sound and then that might trigger an idea or doing something, you know? So there is that part of it, but that can be a, a really, you know, uh, expensive, road to go down i think yes if you're counting on that for um maybe maybe explore the gear that you have first so um just to wrap up that portion of the podcast there do, do you have a soft spot for any particular type of product where you see where something new comes out in this um field that you're 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 weak to <laughs> Not named Universal Audio. Uh, I, I mean, do don't like know. Is it like compressors, EQs, or any type of sample libraries or anything? Or mm, you know, I think I've lost that. Good in that regard. Good I for don't, you, man. I don't yeah. think I have a particular like. For now, and I've met, we've kind of sprinkled this throughout the podcast, but I do a lot of research on something. So if I find that there's a hole in my workflow or something that I actually need, I spend time now figuring that out. Yeah. Once I figure it out, I try to find whether or not somebody actually has that product. And yeah. if they do, great. Then I work on get acquiring that particular right. product. And in that regard, I would say that I've lost the concept of gear derangement syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> rather than yeah. the concept of just that, always having one. this gear yeah. acquisition syndrome. So uh, the gear derangement syndrome, I think, has left the building for me. And if the product does not exist, then I either do without it or I do what I can to create something that will work in its place, whether it's a piece of yeah. hardware or a piece of software, however it works out. So, and I've done things in both digital and hardware things of, of things of trying to solve issues that I've had with my needs for my workflow. Yeah. So personally, I've kind of lost the concept of the gear derangement syndrome. So I don't have yeah. like that, that thing of like, oh, I got to have every last ounce of something that this company does. Yeah. Although. No, that's good. That's good. You. Yeah. You. Yeah. You. You. Um, um, the well, I mentioned all the way heaviosity. Yes. It's like just whatever they come out with sort of something new for like the, the hybrid scoring type of a thing is always very, very appealing. Sure. Um, I had a. Uh, a time about a year ago or so where I was like, I was really, really intrigued by my orchestral libraries. And uh, who isn't? I, I, yeah, no, this is true. But, but then I actually had to, to take stock a little bit of what I was doing at the time. Mm -hmm. And I realized, you know, the, the return of investment on something like that 
if that's not there, well, then you're, you're, you're buying something for a need that you don't have yet. So sure. I figured that, okay, well, when I, when I have a need to do this, I will invest in that. But, but yeah, every time, um, I say that now and, and, but, but then Spitfire will come up with something new again and I'm going, oh, God damn it. You, you know? hear that Spitfire? But, uh, I, I'm expecting an email in two weeks and then getting a call from Chris going, damn it. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, they I are nice guys, by the way. Oh, they are. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Spitfire. I talked to them at, 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 at NAMM yeah, and the, yeah. the, the try out their stuff. And it's, it's, I mean, everything they do is awesome. It's just not, what they do is not, or what they cater to, I should say, mm. is not something that I am involved in on a day-to-day -day basis. Sure. Uh, to justify that. So there you go. Gotcha. Um, it looks like you're going to be looking at Jody here for the rest of the podcast because it looks like my camera <gasps> Oh, so boy. <laughs> so you'd be all lucky and look at that Jody for, for the next few minutes. But Yeehaw. I think with that note, we should move we should on to Friday into. Finds, right? I think we should. And as we always do, we kick it off with you, sir. So, Chris, tell us what you found this week. I actually found something um, that would kind of tie into what we're talking about. Uh-oh. Um, with... Um, wanting new gear and all this kind of stuff um, all the time. Sure. And I discovered a website called vstskins.com. So that sounds kind that? of pornographic. <laughs> <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter, sir. No, what it is, it is, from what I understand, it's user submitted, still sounds kind of pornographic. Yes, it but, does. Um, New interfaces that you can redress the plugins that you already have. All of them? So it, it is sent. Well, not all of them, but but there's a good portion of them. I know. Really? Um, yeah. Anna 2 is there. There's some stuff for uh, the ES2 in uh, Logic. The, um, the old the, one or the new one? Well, the ES2 hasn't changed. Oh, the ES2. For a second yeah. there, I was thinking EXS. You're My thinking fault. My fault. Yeah, no, 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 not the excess. Uh, there is one there, but that is for the old one. Gotcha. Um, I saw a couple uh, that I have actually downloaded and I'm going to try out for the Anna 2 synth from uh, Sonic Academy. Um, and that can be a great way to just to kind of see something, watching something new of a tool that you work with all the time. Sure. You just get a new skin and upgrade that and uh, see if that triggers any kind of inspiration for you. But so, yeah, so, yeah, so vstskins.com. Uh, what about you, Jody? What you got for us? I was doing a mix earlier this week. And mm -hmm. as you've been known to do, as I've been known to do, yes. And I was doing it in a DAW that is kind of becoming my secondary DAW. Because uh, Logic mm -hmm. is still kind of my primary. I track and do most things within Logic, but I've been dabbling pretty heavily now in the Luna DAW from Universal Audio. And, you know, obviously with Pro Tools and Cubase and Digital Performer kind of being my tertiary things that I don't touch very often. But uh, in Luna, they don't have a built in tremolo plugin. <gasps> yeah, no, the, 
pretty much Luna doesn't really come with anything built in. You have to purchase whatever it is that they have. And while Universal Audio makes some great things, they don't have the type of tremolo plugin that comes within Logic, and Logic's tremolo plugin doesn't work anywhere outside of Logic. And <laughs> yep. I happen to know Logic's tremolo extremely well. So it was really disappointing when I needed a tremolo in this mix for Luna. And I contacted you, I contacted George Leger, I contacted a couple of other people and said, hey, who's a good third-party company that makes a Tremolo plugin? And then before I got any answers back, I actually went and did some of my own research and I found one. <laughs> I found one that Yay. actually, for most people out there that'll find this to be very happiness and, and fun, it's free in a sense. It is a donation support kind of thing. And it is a really good tremolo. And it actually, it's not quite as in-depth as say Logics, and it's definitely not as in-depth as uh, Sound Toys. But for free, you can't beat that. Can't beat that shit. So it's right. it's a tremolo plugin. It is called the Pecheneg, I believe. P-E-C-H-E-N-E-G. Pecheneg. I think that's how that's pronounced. I really don't know. Uh, the Pachenig Tremolo. And it does have a lot of very cool capabilities. And I downloaded it. I was able to make it do what I needed to do within the Luna Mix that I was working on. Cool. And I needed it. And I nailed it. It was great. So I'm awesome. going to go with uh, the Pachenig Tremolo. Very cool. Yeah. And that's yeah. at... PechenegFX.org is their website. So P-E-C-H-E-N-E-G-F-X.com or .org, not .com. And that's the letter F and the, the letter X, not the word FX. So Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. baby. All right. Uh, but, you know, since, uh, since we've made it this far and we've still got your attention... We would love it for you to go to our website and leave us a review of our podcast at inside the recording studio forward slash review. Uh, it helps us out, gets us a wider audience in case you care. We care. We hope you care. Uh, we do appreciate it. This, of course. And, and in addition to that, it's just going to insidetherecordingstudio.com and you can sign up for our mailing list and keep abreast of all the things that we've got coming down the pipeline and occasionally getting reminders of things we've done in the past that you may not have heard or seen or done and any of kind of good stuff. In addition to that, I did mention something in the podcast late this episode called GDS for short, which is gear derangement syndrome. And if you email us at goldstar at inside the recording studio.com, you'll get a little surprise if you put that in the email, GDS or the words gear derangement syndrome, not exactly gear or acquisition syndrome. So just be aware of that. Um, and in addition to that, if you have a topic that you would like Chris and I to expouse upon, because you want our wonderful knowledge to grace your ears from your ideas, do send us an email, contact us, and we will put it in our rotation for consideration in a future episode. And with that, that's good. Yeah, I think with that, and with that, I'm ready to say, see you later. Are you ready to say it? 
I'm ready to put a bow on this, Jody. Everybody, thanks for listening and have an awesome rest of the day, all right? That's right. We'll see you next week in Inside the Recording Studio Land 